welcome back to Unsolved South. I'm your host, Matlin. <laughs> You're not. You're right, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? I have no idea. In the last episode, I said I never forgot my name and I forgot my name. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even move states. <laughs> okay. I'll be Michelle for today. Let's start over. <laughs> okay, but I'm keeping this part in. Because <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> I was looking at you. <laughs> and I just said your name instead of mine. <laughs> Alright, who am I? <laughs> I take it back. It can happen. You can forget your name if you move states. <laughs> <laughs> we just moved rooms. <laughs> It's been a long day. Okay, let's start this over. Okay. Welcome back to Unsolved South. <laughs> I'm your host, Michelle. I'm Maddie. <laughs> and it has been a super long day already. <sighs> okay. On a brighter note, this episode, we have a babysitter. So, hopefully, uh, our little co-host, Cade, will not be chiming in t- this time, so. Now, all we gotta look out for is our ghost. I'm kind of aggravated that he didn't talk when we gave him his minute that other episode. A couple episodes back. Yeah, but you know, I was having the issue with the computer just scrolling up and down and deleting stuff. Yeah. It, that has not happened since. It, I've never had that issue before, and it has not happened since. Wow. So, I really feel like our ghost knows something about what had happened. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds like it. He just ain't talking or what. But this is a pretty old house, so I don't even know which ghost it would be. But feels like somebody knows something. Yeah. So, all right. So, let's get straight into this story. This is... It's going to be a long one. This is the possible serial killer of Oconee County, South Carolina. Ooh. Okay, let me preface that by saying I actually do not believe there is a serial killer, but that's an internet rumor that's going around. And the sheriff says that there's no serial killer. I mean, he could be lying, but he's never lied to me before, so I don't know why I would (laughs) think he would start now. So, I don't personally believe there is a serial killer. However, that being said, we have nine cases, and they range 34 years. They go back as far as 1987 to as current as 2021. They all have one thing in common. They all happened in Oconee County, South Carolina. Now, Oconee County covers about 674 square miles. There's an estimated 80,000 people in Oconee County. I looked it up just to kind of get a, a clue on if that was a big county or a small county. It's on the smaller side. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely not the largest in terms of population, those all have like over a million people. So, right. Oconee County is on the smaller side as far as populations and counties go. And these are nine unsolved cases from Oconee County. I personally 
think it's odd to have that many. Uh, yeah. But, um, we'll see. We'll see if it's odd or not. If it's a coincidence, we'll see what y'all think. The first case we're going to do... Oh, I do want to say that we may come back and edit this episode later because I have reached out to some of the families that I could get in touch with and see if they wanted to um, add anything and kind of check some of the facts. So we'll see if um, anybody answers my questions or not. Right. And if they do, then we'll probably add it back in or we may stop and then just um, finish the episode once we hear from them. So we'll see what happens, but some of them I could not get in touch with any family members. I couldn't find any, you know, some of them have Facebook pages with, um, you know, bring so-and-so home or help find so-and-so. And a lot of them don't. A lot of them, and a lot of the information, most of the cases we'll cover have less than a page of information. They would not be enough to make a whole episode out of, which I think is pretty sad. Because, yeah. you know, these are humans, and they're basically forgotten at this point. So, we're going to shed some light on this. Um, this one does have a picture, which we'll put on the Facebook group. His name is Jimmy Dale Whitfield. He was 29 years old at the time of his disappearance. He disappeared on March 7th, 1987. He is a white male. Five seven hundred forty nine pounds, brown hair, blue eyes. Jimmy Dale, I say it like that because I've got a great uncle, <laughs> and his middle name is Dale. His name's Walter Dale, and it just rolls off my tongue to say Jimmy Dale, probably because we're in the South. But he probably went by Jimmy. That's probably just my thing. He was last seen in Seneca, South Carolina. He had an argument with his wife. He grabbed a shirt and two pair of jeans and $2,000 they had saved from just savings and their taxes, and he left the house. He called two days later to ask after his wife and kids. No one else had any contact with him, and there has been no contact with anyone since then. He was extremely close to his mother and it was or is out of character for him to go without contact with her for so long, which made the police suspect foul play. Right. And no, I said that two days later he called the wife. He did not call the mother. The mother had not heard from him. Gotcha. So it was only the wife. Now, there are local rumors that the wife was seeing another man at the time and that on that second day after he went missing that that boyfriend took a trip to florida hmm. there's no way to substantiate these claims this is back from 1987 it's just rumors i don't know if it's true i don't know if it's not true the sheriff's office did say that they had suspects but they did not have enough proof to make an arrest to my knowledge those suspects were never named publicly Crime Stoppers in Oconee County put up a billboard, and they feature certain cases that um, have gone cold 
that they're trying to get some information about. And they've got, I believe, a $2,000 reward at this point. Mm -hmm. And they've got their billboards up all over Oconee County. And he was included in that billboard. Okay. Okay. Next, we have... That's all the information you have on him? That was it. That's all of it. There is a picture of him available. One picture that I could find. And we'll put it on the Facebook, but that was it. That's I told you most of these are sad. going to have one page, if that. Oh, my goodness. Of information. There is no way we could have made a whole episode about any. There were probably two in this list we could have done an entire episode on. But um, otherwise, we could not have done an episode on just one of these. There just was not enough information out there. My goodness. And I search newspapers and, and everything I could think of. And there are some websites. There are a couple podcasts, which, you know, we don't listen to the podcasts that other people do on our subjects. Um, just to make sure we're not ripping them off of anything. Right. And we're doing our own research. It, a lot of times I will go back and listen afterwards. Mm -hmm. But I don't like to listen beforehand. Um but there, there was very little information on a lot of these cases anywhere. I could not find any old newspapers, anything. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these are going to be fairly quick. And, you know, we're just going to give them the information I've got. But a lot of times it ain't much. Okay, so next on our list is Sheila Ann Carver. She has been missing since June 16th, 1998, also from Seneca, South Carolina. She's a white female, 33 years old at the time, brown hair, blue eyes. She stood 5'11", weighed 180 pounds. She left the trailer park where she lived with her boyfriend about midnight to go out with an unnamed person. The person told police that they had driven a little ways and she changed her mind and decided she wanted to go back home. So this person just let her out so she could walk home. They didn't drive her back. This person let her out at Goddard Avenue at Utica Mill Hill. Utica Mill Hill is now known as Utica Mill Village. Mm-hmm. So, for some reason, they changed the whole name. So, it took me a minute to find any information because I could I could not find the place anywhere on a map. Right. And I was starting to think that I had misinformation or whatever, went back and double-checked, and finally, I figured that out. So, apparently, it's changed names, but I could not find the location for where the trailer park was to see what the distance was between where she was let out right. and where she lived. From the information I could gather, it seems like it was just a couple blocks. It was B&B &B Trailer Park, so if anybody listening knows where it was exactly, you can contact us on social media and we'll update that because I am curious what the distance was that because it had to have been close enough that they were like, oh, it's just right over there. Right. Because why would you not turn around and take her back? But I don't know. Maybe yeah. they were in a hurry. I don't know. Sheila had just bought a new car, and it was left at the home, and it was there when they searched. So she did not come home, get her car, and go anywhere. Her car was at her house. 
No one has been in contact with her. Again, that's out of character. So foul play was suspected even in the beginning. For Sheila Ann Carver, there is a $10,000 reward for any information that will lead to a resolution in the case. Also, she is part of the Crime Stoppers billboard. So there's also the 2000 on top of that. So why is the guy unnamed that she was last seen with? I don't know if it was a guy. could have been a girl. Okay. Um, they just did not name this person. And it could have been as simple as they didn't want this person. Because these are small towns. Yeah. And it could have been as simple as they were just trying to protect this person by not having them listed in connection with this. Okay. Or it could have been that their name was just simply misplaced over the... Um, this is from 1998. So, it's been a minute. Yeah. Still pretty sketched, in my opinion. But well, okay. it could be. <laughs> but it also could be real simple. It could just be, like I said, they just didn't want to have people talking about this person. They right. may not have wanted anybody talking to this person. So, you know, it may have been something like that. Uh, I just know I could not find the name anywhere, and I looked in several different sources, and I could not find the name. And this was basically all the information that was out there. If I looked at five different places, sources, this is all the information. Oh, wow. So, it's not like I was like, oh, this isn't important, let me leave it out. Yeah. I included everything I could find. In all of these, almost. You ready to move on? Yep. All right. We got Mac Webb from Westminster, South Carolina. Remember, even though these are different towns, they are all in Oconee County. Right. Okay. Well, the first two happened in the same town. Right. They were in the same town. But as we move on, we're going to move on to different towns. Got it. But they're all in the same county. Mr. Webb was a white male, brown hair, Blue eyes. Brown hair, blue eyes again? Yes. Huh. He was 44 at the time of his disappearance. There was no photo available for him. Um, even on the Charlie Project, on NamUs, there was no photo available. I tried searching just in the media. I found news stories, but no photos. So I, I wonder why some of these people don't have photos. This one in particular, it does not say, but I wondered if maybe he was um, homeless or between homes. Mm, maybe okay. he was a traveler or something. Uh, he was camping alone. Okay. And, well, we'll just go through the story and you kind of make your own decision on that. In any case, he was between 5'8 and 5'10 and between 150, 170 pounds. So, that's another reason because it feels like he at very least didn't have anybody that was tight with him. Mm -hmm. uh, that That's a pretty big swing in height and weight. Yeah. So, unless he just fluctuated his weight a good bit. But that that's a decent swing in height or weight. So... And with there not being a photo of him, it just made me wonder if maybe he was, um, he did not have a home. Or he lived off the land, rather. He was reported missing on August 2nd, 1998. 
when officials found his abandoned campsite in Sumter National Forest. He had been camping alone and it appeared as if no one had been at the site for days. Foul play was not suspected though, but there were slits cut in his tent. How'd they know it was his tent? It didn't say, but they knew his name and they said they talked to his friends. Okay. Also, that leads me back to the in-between homes thing. Uh, the sheriff, who was Sheriff Singleton at the time at least, said it was unclear if Mac had cut this, the holes for ventilation or if his tent had been vandalized. Authorities searched the forest. They searched the river. For about six hours, they searched. They used ATVs, kayaks, and even a search plane. They did not find anything. His friends were interviewed to see if they had any clue as to where he had gone, how long he had been gone, but there were no updates on what they found out from the friends. That is every bit of the information we have on this man. Wow. And as I said, there's no picture available for him. There was a partial skeleton found in Westminster, which is the town where he went missing from. Yeah. It was found on February 14th in 2004. The death was estimated to have happened between 94 and 2004. And remember, he went missing in 98. Mm -hmm. But the age was estimated to be between 21 and 30 years old. So they did not compare it to his record. But they do have some sort of records on him because I saw um, on NamUs where he was excluded from a few other unidentified bodies. So they do at very least have DNA or something on him. Yeah. But they did not test it against this particular person. Hmm. All righty. You good now? You caught up so far? Yep. All right. Uh, our next person is Ricky Daniel Tanner. He was reported missing from Westminster, South Carolina. And I did go in order, which is as date was. Yeah. So I don't know if you noticed, but we started with the oldest and we've gone date was. Right. And it just so happens that it's been like Seneca, Seneca, Westminster, Westminster. Hmm. So it just so happened. That that was how that went. In any case, he was reported missing on October 15th, 2008. He was actually from Alto, Georgia. But he was in Westminster doing a piping job with two other men. He was last seen in the Cooper Road area and foul play is suspected. He was 43 at the time of his disappearance. White male. 5'8", 270 pounds, brown hair, hazel eyes. Hmm. He had a barbed wire tattoo with the word Tanner, which was his last name, but it did not specify where. I'm assuming his arm. Yeah. His nickname was Big Dog, and I think that's important to mention because my husband works construction, and I know that a lot of construction workers, especially ones that travel, 
will sometimes only know people by their nicknames. Yeah. And so you can be telling them about somebody and they'll have no clue who you're talking about. And then you say, oh, big dog. And they're like, oh, okay. And then it opens up something different. So right. It could be a possibility that somewhere they're going, oh, Ricky Tanner went missing. And they're like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. But then if somebody says big dog went missing, then they're like, oh, wait, I saw him that day. So... Hopefully, that'll jog somebody's memory, because I, I do think that that is important to put out there, that, you know, that is his nickname, and he did work construction, and he was traveling, so it is possible he's in that group. Questions on that one? That's it. That was it, but there is a picture available. Everybody else has pictures available. I'm Even if there's so no upset that there's no more information than this. I know, and that's why I felt like it was important to do this one, even though I don't actually believe there's a serial killer. I felt like it was still important, and it was a way to group them. Yeah. Um, and get these little known cases out there, even though you couldn't be able to dedicate a whole episode to them. Right. Like, we don't know, like, search parties, nothing came up, no clues, no nothing. There I'm were really no updates. Aggravated. There were no updates that I could find on any. I did a general search. Also, I always check NamUs and the Charlie Project. Um, and I check newspapers.com mm-hmm. um, to see if there's any old newspaper articles about them. Even if it's something not related to the disappearance, just to kind of get a little background or something. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there was not, there was not stuff out there. A few of them had been covered on um, other websites. I I don't think most of them had even been covered on other podcasts. And I did find one, um, Mac Webb, was on a psychic's website Hmm. where this psychic uh, dreams stuff and then he'll write it down. Yeah. But it was so long ago that the picture where he, because he writes it in his notebook and then takes a picture and puts it on the website, and the picture wasn't there. And I went back three or four times hoping it was just my connection that wouldn't load the picture because I was very curious what it would say. Right. And um, it never would load. And this is a local to the area psychic? No, he just does all kinds of um, missing persons cases, I guess. I guess he sees a story and then he meditates on it, and then when he sleeps he'll have a dream. He'll just jot it down in his notebook. Then he'll take pictures of it and post it on his website. Hmm. So there was no information because the pictures were missing. And I was I was bummed because I was like, I'm super curious Yeah. to know what he had to say or where he thought this man had gone. Did you uh, try and contact the psychic and see... I, no, I honestly didn't because I was doing so much research because I knew yeah. that I had so many cases to cover. Um, I just was trying to research as I went. Right. And I didn't even think about it, honestly. I wish I had now that I'm thinking on it. I did save his page so I could go back and search later cases and see if there was anything, anything if he had done any of the other ones. Yeah. And if we could um, see what he wrote about those. Because I, I am very interested in psychics. I know that some of them are like, eh. 
And a lot of them are like, oh, they're in a body of water. Yeah. <laughs> it's next to some trees. And you're like, Thanks. could you be more vague? Like, yeah. There, you can't go a mile without hitting water. Yeah. So, I do know that. But also, I had an experience with um, a card reader. She was a psychic, but she was a card reader that really kind of opened my my thoughts on whether or not psychics could be true the card reader definitely had convinced me so that's a story for another time but that's where we are with that and i did check a couple of the other ones but i didn't check them all to see if they were on his page yeah um but i saved it so i could go back and relook in the future because i am curious the next one we have is laura ann anders she has been missing since January 2nd, 2019. So we're getting more yeah. current. She went missing from Mountain Rest, South Carolina, and she was short, 5'1 and 140 pounds. She's a white female, 45, black hair, brown eyes. Okay, so now we're getting away from the eye thing. Right. Okay. Her husband traveled to Spartanburg, on January 2nd and that was the last time he saw her he did not return to Mountain Rest until January 30th so he's gone almost a month yes and she did not have a phone or a cell phone so he had no contact with her so and I How don't I don't know where I don't know where he went exactly and my assumption was he went somewhere for work but How that does is she not have a phone at all in 2019? People poor sometimes. They still have a phone. Some people do, some people don't. I don't know. I mean, your Uncle Foof don't have no phone. And he ain't even poor. He just won't carry a phone. Elaine's husband, Dale, he won't carry a phone. They forced him to carry one for his work. If it wasn't for that, he wouldn't carry a phone. Maybe huh. some people just don't like phones. I'll be so judgmental, Matt. I just, it just strikes me as odd, okay? I sure am glad my name's not Matt when I ain't being so judgmental. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you didn't even know your name. Alright, get back to the story. <laughs> so, when he gets back on January 30th, she's gone. So, she did not get reported missing until a couple days later, February 2nd. Because he had no idea where she went. Right. And so, he just, you know, maybe she just went off with a friend, gone for the weekend, whatever. I don't, yeah. I don't know what day this was. But the last time she was actually seen was January 2nd. By him? By anyone. Was, in, were any of her clothes missing, her wallet, her keys, anything? Not that was mentioned. But again very difficult to find information right. in this case um this one did have some some different stuff on some different sites but it all basically shook out to the same thing which was that the husband had not seen her it was a month later that she got reported missing they interviewed her neighbors they went to all the addresses they had listed for her in the one where she was living and also other addresses 
that they had listed for her. Yeah. They went to all of those addresses. Nobody could remember seeing her. Nobody could remember the last time they saw her. They spoke to her sister. Her sister said it had been at least three weeks since she had seen her. But she could not narrow down the day either. Right. She was listed as part of that Crime Stoppers billboard. Mm-hmm. But that's all the information. There is a picture, but that's all the information. Ah, uh, this is so frustrating. It really, really is. I was going to pause here because this is one of the ones whose family I reached out to. Uh... But I think it'd be best we'll just edit it at the end because the questions I ask the families doesn't really affect the story. what is in the story. I just wanted to clarify a couple things. Um, the next one has a good bit of detail. So this one you'll be able to... Okay, good. Finally. Okay. Pamela Faith Roach. She goes by Faith. She was 26 at the time of her disappearance. White female, 5 foot 5, 110 pounds. Blonde hair or strawberry blonde hair. Blue eyes. She was known to dye her hair fairly often and in different colors. She went missing February 4th, 2019. Okay, so remember... Laura Ann Anders got reported missing February 2nd. Right. She went missing January 4th. Same year. Right. Same time. Hmm. Well, she went missing Mountain Rest. Yeah. Right there. Okay. Pamela Faith Roach was last seen in the vicinity of Coffee Road and Corey Road in Walhalla. Just pause this for one second to let y'all know I love that town. Love to go up there and stay at the state park and to go through that town. Absolutely. It's absolutely beautiful. It is a beautiful place. It really is. There was a castle for sale not too long ago that I was totally going to buy, but somebody got it. Everything in me wants to pronounce this town Walla Halla. Because when I'm talking to my friends and family, I say I'm going to Walla Halla. Yeah. So, if I slip up and call it Walla Halla, that is why. Oh, what is it called? Because that's what I've always called it. Walla Halla. There's no, uh, it's not Walla Halla. What? Walla <laughs> That's another thing I've been pronouncing wrong my entire <laughs> life. Sorry. Walla Halla. Sorry Santa's from Walla Halla. That's right. Santa's from up there. <laughs> Um, she may have gotten into a burgundy van mm -hmm. at Coffee Road and Corey Road. It was mentioned, but with no real information. Not who the van belonged to, not why they believed that. But somebody, somebody possibly saw her get into a burgundy van. Right. Okay. She did not have stable housing. And she was last known to stay on Flat Rock Road. Mm -hmm. She had a history of substance abuse, and her family had given an interview with the newspaper, and they did say this, that in no way, shape, or form changes anything about this case or the fact that 
nothing should have happened to her regardless. Right. You know, but, but it is part of the story. She really seemed like she was trying to get her life back on track. She was taking GED classes online. It, it feels like she was trying to straighten her life out from right. the information I'm finding. So, although she may have had that history, I don't know that that's what she was doing that night because she was working to straighten out her life. I think a lot of people kind of fell back on her history as to what had happened to her. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's exactly fair. She had a five-year-old son at the time of her disappearance. He was five at the time of her disappearance. And he was in the care of some of her relatives because she didn't have a, a stable living situation. So, obviously, she was a caring mother because she had him someplace safe. Right. Rather than in her situation. Right. So, she had him somewhere safe while she was trying to better herself. And... She also had had a son that had died in infancy. The anniversary of his death was mm. shortly after she went missing. Mm. And the family knew something was wrong with her or something was wrong when she did not visit that son's grave on the anniversary of his death. She would not have missed going to his grave regardless. Right. So, when they realized she had not gone, they knew something was wrong. Her social media had been quiet, and her phone had been cut off. Mm hmm So, they had no way to contact her, and nobody had heard from her. They get the police involved. Her phone was cut off, as in her service was cut off, or they tried to call her and her phone was I believe her phone was powered off, and so it was not okay. binging off of any of the towers. Gotcha. Okay. And her social media was not shut down. It just was not used. Gotcha. Okay. And and her she would normally have had the phone on and have been using her social media. Right. So, it was just out of character. Again, out of right. character. Shortly after her disappearance, the family received a tip from someone that was either unknown or unnamed. I'm not sure if the family knows who it is but doesn't want to name them or if they were unknown to the family. But gotcha. that name is not out there. This person told the family that Faith was being held against her will and she was in danger. About a year after Faith went missing... Several of her belongings, including some of her favorite jewelry, was found scattered along Tunnel Road. What? Some of these were items that the family believed she would have had on her at the time. Stuff she wore a lot. Yeah. In 2021, a video on social media came to the attention of authorities. This video caused them to name Kevin Wayne Boston his nickname, Mailer, as a person of interest in this case. They said he was not the only person of interest, but they did not name the other. This video showed two unidentified men discussing Roach's case. One of the men stated that Mailer said, 
we are going to cut her up and scatter her. He goes on to say that all he knows is they scattered her parts in the rock quarry. What? She also was included on the billboard. Did they search the rock quarry? I'm sure they did, but they have not found anything in her case. Her family does have a Facebook page. Um, if you have tips or anything, I guess you can... I wouldn't bother them unless, you know, you actually know something. But they do have a Facebook page if you want to follow it and get updates on this. I'm sure they would appreciate it if you wanted to share it. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Next, we have Tammy Elizabeth Stubblefield. And this one's going to frustrate you. Oh, we got less than a page on Miss Tammy. Oh. Tammy went missing December 6, 2019. For some reason, not a specified reason, she was not reported missing until the end of January 2020. So, almost two months later. What? She is a white female. She was 51 at the time of her disappearance. 5'4 to 5'6 and 105 to 115 pounds. Brown hair, blue eyes. She had a tattoo of a rose on her chest and the names Tammy and Raphael on her left arm. She was last seen walking away from her neighborhood down Moore Avenue in Walhalla. She is also included on the billboard. That, that is it? That is all the information. Did they find... Uh, Raphael and ask him anything? I promise you if there was information I would have put it. Oh my gosh. I'm so frustrated. I when want to know. You like, were looking up the news stories. It, it is literally just a couple lines. When, I don't understand how in 2019 20, yeah. yeah, 2019 is when she went missing. Yeah. And these other two, the last two we talked about they're all 2019, and they don't have any information. Like, how? Well, the last one had a good bit of information. Okay, the last one did have a good bit, but not enough, in my opinion. I feel like... I feel like they've got good suspects in that case. Yeah, but, like, it didn't go into details on, like, what's taking so long? Why are they not questioning people? Why don't you not I'm sure they aren't questioning people, but you have to, you have to have evidence to charge somebody. Right. If not, they're not gonna even charge them, much less convict them. Yeah. So, I think, especially in a small town, you probably need to know, you know, where you stand. But with Tammy, all they knew was that she has a tattoo and she was walking away from her apartments. That's away it? From her neighborhood, yes. That was... Ugh. They know what road she was last seen on. And that was it. There is a picture of Miss Tammy. But that is it. It's so frustrating. I want so much more information. Uh, you're also going to ask me questions on this one that I will not know. <laughs> I have to ask these questions because people listening to us are going to be screaming this in their cars. They're going to be like, what happened to Tammy? 
I completely understand, and I assure you, if the information had been out there, I would have put it there. I even check, like, um, web sleuths and stuff, because yeah. a lot of times you'll get, um, at very least, rumors right. off of there that you can track down somewhere else. Yeah. And literally, all I'm getting is, Miss Tammy went missing. I mean, you're, it's enough. It's like whatever's listed on the Charlie Project, or mm. that's it. There's, it, it's not like we've even got rumors or anything. Now on Mac Webb on Web Sleuth, they did um, connect him to that that body that they found. Yeah, but sadly, they were able to do a reconstruction when they found the partial skeleton. Mm -hmm. And so even the partial skeleton had pictures and Mr. Webb did not. Oh my goodness. Uh, I don't believe it was him. Although there was another person that I felt like might've connected to it, but he was ruled out. So I'm not sure, but that's off topic. But it, that was the only one really where there was even a rumor as to what was going on as far as the stories we've covered so far. Next, we have Renee Roland King. She was 42 at the time of her disappearance. She's a white female, again, very petite, 4'11", 110 pounds, brown hair, blue eyes. She was last seen on Rufus Land Road near Westminster. She was last seen November 28th of 2020. Her body was found February 6th, 2021. So this is the first time we have a body. It is the first time we have a body. Not sure how much it helps her other than to give her family closure. The body was found by hunters in the woods off of the same road she was last seen on. She was not near the road. She was back into the woods. Okay. She was in an advanced state of decomp, and she was able to be identified through her dental records, x-rays, and her tattoos. The coroner believed that she died the same day she went missing. The cause of death had not been updated. I did search on it. I looked through everything trying to figure it out and they said it would take several months but so far it had not been updated so um, far it's been years but this was COVID oh yeah so I'm sure that that's probably what the holdup is mm -hmm. I will say that she was identified fairly quickly from the point when they found her body this wasn't like a, a year-long thing where, you know, they've got to send away and all of this stuff. Yeah. I know around here, if they find a body, it takes forever to get an identification, even if they feel like they know who it is. But they identified her fairly quickly. Okay. So, they were working on it. If there is a killer, that person has not been found. We do not know if she was murdered. She was 42. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, I guess she 
could have died of natural causes. It's no probably way. not likely. I feel like we could fairly well rule out being run over or something like that because she if was it was like a hit and run, she would have been near the road. Right. And she wasn't. She was back into the woods. And the police did say they were trying to look at how she would have gotten back into the woods. Yeah. Whether it was under her own power or if she was moved there. That's it. That's all the information we have on her. Possibly maybe an an animal could have got her. I mean, anything is possible. Um, a South Carolina, I mean, there are bears. They're not, you know, like super common. I feel like you probably would have seen evidence if it was an animal. Yeah. I don't know if smaller animals would have been able to drive. But she was small, so... I mean, I don't know. Could be anything, but... My personal belief is either she walked into the woods for whatever reason... Mm -hmm. Or someone took her into the woods. Maybe she had to use the bathroom and went into the woods a little bit. and Maybe. Something happened there. I don't know, and if I, and I will try to remember to update if I see that she has a cause of death listed, mm -hmm. but as of right now, there's just no more information. Okay, this is, is the last one? Okay, kinda. Kinda. It's the last one, okay, you'll see. This one is Joshua Scott Ivester. He was 36 at the time of his disappearance. A white male, brown hair, blue eyes. 5'11", 190 pounds. He's heavily tattooed, including both sleeves are done. His head has tattoos and on his face. He was last seen wearing a camo hoodie, a camo hat, and jeans with brown boots. He was at his family's home in Walhalla. His wife heard him talking to somebody on the porch. Mm hmm And then when she went out there, he was gone. Hmm. Somebody said he left with a friend that was written, but the way the interview went, it seemed more like, I don't know if anybody saw him leave with a friend. Gotcha. But he was talking to somebody, and then they both were gone. So, I don't know if it's a friend or not. I assume so. He was last spotted on Rock Crusher Road at Coffee Road. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Because Faith Roach was last spotted off Coffee Road in Quarry Road. Hmm. So, it is the same area. Yeah. And you know, Walla Hall is not that big, so. Mm -hmm. This was on February 15th, 2021. So, this is pretty recent. Joshua had had some issues with the law in his past, and he had been released from prison in December of 2020. So, he was shortly out of prison, but... Even when he was locked up, he managed to keep in touch with his family. And once he got out, 
everything I see seems like he was really focused on being a father. He had um, two stepsons and then a son of his own. Mm -hmm. And then his wife was pregnant at the time he went missing with oh. a daughter. He never got to meet that daughter. Hmm. But it it seems like he was very focused on being a good father. Right, and turning he his liked life to around. Help take care of his, his kids and um, even dressed his son like him. Oh, how cute. So they would be matching. So I don't personally believe that he would have just you know been like and this family thing's not for me and walked off right that doesn't make sense to me there was a rumor i could not substantiate it and i i did reach out to his wife and um i gave her some questions but uh this is so fresh for her yeah i i didn't want to push her too hard i gave her the questions said if she didn't feel comfortable answering certain questions, I'm perfectly fine with that. And told her to just sit with it and see if she wanted to answer. And if not, that was fine. Um, none of the questions were super invasive. Although, I did ask if she felt like his disappearance was drug-related. Right. Um, because that is one of the rumors that's out there. Mm -hmm. And if she doesn't feel like it was drug-related, then I feel like that needs to be said. Right. Because, you know, she would know mm -hmm. whether, you know, she felt like he was having an issue slipping or whatever. And I don't know that it's fair, like I said about Miss um, Roach, I don't know if it's fair to say what well, he had this past. And so that's probably what it was. Could it have been an issue that came back? A hundred percent. But could it have been something completely unrelated? Yes. And I don't think that you should focus so much on the past. Right. Of these people that you don't look at what was going on when they disappeared. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just because you have a problem with drugs doesn't mean you deserve to be. And I don't know that, um, I want to be clear. I do not know that Joshua Ivester had a problem with drugs. Um, what I saw of his issues with the police, I did not see drugs. Gotcha. So, I don't know that he even did. I just know that those are rumors mm -hmm. that are being said. And if his wife can say no, you know, he wasn't on drugs or he was, I don't know. And I don't know if she'll decide to reach back and take part or not. And it's fine if she doesn't. Right. But if she wants to set that straight then I felt like she should have the opportunity because that is something that's being said. And, and we don't even know if he ever was on drugs. Yeah. Some of the other ones, their families have said, yeah, they had an issue with drugs in the past, but they were trying to work it out. Do people relapse sometimes? Do people get clean and stay clean? Yeah. So I just, I think sometimes people are, tend to go oh you know they had this this bad past and so that's probably what it has to do with yeah and i don't think you should get so pigeonholed into that that you don't allow for any other possibility right that being said mr ivester knew the suspect from faith roach's case 
Really? The unnamed one or the... Yeah, the other one that was named in the video mm. as having said that they were going to dispose of her body. Joshua knew him from jail. Right. This is a small town. Yeah. The chances of knowing somebody are pretty high. Right. So, it could have nothing to do with anything. Here is where we get into speculation. Because these are rumors that I could not find any solid proof about. Right. But these are the rumors that are out there. The suspect in the case that was unnamed. There is a rumor that people actually do know who he was. And that he was friends with Mr. Mailer. Who is that the, the big dog? He No, that's Boston. Uh, big dog was a missing person. He was a victim. Um, Kevin Mailer was the one named in that social media video. Mm -hmm. He was not in the video. He was named in the video. Mm. The rumor is that another man who may have been in that video was actually the person that was the other suspect the police had. And he had visited Mr. Mailer mm -hmm. and had overdosed at his house. And he died. So they know that he overdosed. They know he died. Okay. The rumor is that it's possible Mr. Mailer have, may have done something to him, given him a, quote, hot shot to cause him to overdose or look like he overdosed because he was talking. Okay. Okay. Mr. Mailer gave an interview to the newspaper. He said in that interview that Faith Roach overdosed on a drug dealer's couch. I have a screenshot of that newspaper report, mm -hmm. and we'll put that up. Gotcha. He also said that he was tired of these people blaming him. Another podcast was done about just her story, mm -hmm. and apparently they very much pointed the finger at him. And he accused people of taking shots at him. Like, gunshots at him. Mm. And said that he was not able to see his family because he was scared for their safety. Right. So, I don't know if he had anything to do with any of this. He was connected to at least two of these people. The last four we discussed ran in the same circles. So, they were acquaintances. They had several of the same friends and several of the same acquaintances yeah so it is very possible that those cases are connected yeah i would doubt that the older ones are connected i don't to believe these. there are some that i definitely don't believe are connected but these cases it is possible they're connected and for the first time the sheriff did say he felt like four of these cases were connected right so once if i hear from any of the families i've reached out to we'll update and i'll tell you what they had to say 
Otherwise, this is all we have about this. Do you believe there is a serial killer in Oconee County? Uh, I don't believe all the cases are related, no. But serial killer, the definition is they kill three people. I agree that's technically true, but I feel like if it was something like, I don't know, like if somebody's robbing a bank and they kill somebody and they rob another bank and they kill somebody, I don't know if you technically consider them a serial killer, so. True. But I don't know. Yeah. Well, we're about out of time, so we're going to sign off for this week. Y'all, like, rate, and review us, and share us with your best friend. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Y'all have a good week. All right. Well, bye. Hi, guys. We just want to jump back on and say a special thank you to Tasha Ivester for answering some questions for us. Please check out and share her group on Facebook, Help Bring Josh Ivester Home. We will also share it on our page, so be sure to look out for that. She would like everyone to know that Josh had been on the straight and narrow since he was released. He had not hung out with anyone or even left his house to speak of. He had finished his parenting classes and was starting a new job the week he went missing. He would never just leave his son, and he even kept a picture of his son on him at all times. That shows really how devoted he was as a father. She says that she has been in contact with some of the other families in the serial killer in Oconee cases. And the Oconee County Police tell them all the same things. And she feels like the police don't even care about their missing loved ones. Make sure that you share these stories. I know they're short stories. I know that there's not a ton of information. But the more people that share these stories and pay attention, the more chance that something's going to happen. Something's going to get found, some sort of evidence. And it could really get the ball rolling for the Oconee County Police Department. If you make noise, people are going to look. So make noise. Give these people the attention and the justice that they deserve. These are real people. These are real missing people. And they have families. They have loved ones. They matter to somebody. So please, listen to their case. Share their case. Help us find the serial killer in Oconee County. If you'd like to know more about the case we discussed or to see our sources, make sure you're following our Facebook page as we put all that information out there onto each one of our podcasts each week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at unsolved underscore south and also join our Facebook discussion group where we invite you to share your thoughts, your theories, and ask questions. If you have any story suggestions that you'd like us to research and do a podcast about, please email us at unsolvedsouthpodcast at gmail.com. We'll see you back here next week for another episode.